0: He's calling, up, it's your
1: but jesus broke the law you weren't supposed to go touch a leopard you weren't supposed to go do that No, 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 that's that's like really bad. Like that's unclean, unclean. Don't go near them. He will go to them, touch them, and heal them. Because there is a higher law. At some point, there's a higher law. You submit when it's time to submit, but at some point you say, okay, now I have to submit to a higher law that calls us to be the church. And the church must be the church in these dire times. If not now, when? Answer me that. If not now, when? Oh, I can keep going on. If
0: not you, who? Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the second part of a Spirit-filled message titled, Empowered by the Spirit. Romans 8.11 tells us, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Please join us for this stronghold shaking sermon filled with the power of God's living word as Pastor Shane lays out how we may break the enemy's grip and storm the gates of hell through the power of Jesus Christ. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Eidelman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. Even
1: when I was younger, people would tease me I was overweight and things, and so food has always been. Now, I know you can't relate, but it's always, you know, it's like, ah you know, if, it, if it's good, I want double. And so it's, it's very hard for me. I have to live a very disciplined life. And, and people do say, why are you so hardcore? Because if I get softcore, I'm going to go back to where I used to be. So I have to, I have to remain that, 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 try to keep that discipline down. I discipline my body and bring it under subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. But God uses that weakness to strengthen us. But here is the danger, I will tell you up front. Many people use this as an excuse to keep sinning. Well, that's just my one little vice. Well, that's my thorn in the flesh. I better just cave into it. No, it's, it's, not, it's not there to cave into. It's there for you to keep you humble and to fight and, and move away from And through that humility and that pushing away, Lord, I'm weak in this area. I've got something that's going to pull me down. I've got something that is lurking inside it. And Lord, I need you. I can't handle this on my own. I am not as strong as I thought. Lord, please help me in this area. And in that weakness, you are strong. But let this be an encouragement too. Often the greater anointing, I've seen this in in the Bible, I've seen this in our own personal lives and many people in the church, the greater the anointing, what I mean by that is the greater the calling that God has on your life, often the greater the challenges will be. That's That's just the truth. When you're on the enemy's hit list and God wants to do a good thing in your life, a great thing in your life, Wants to wants maybe you to become a prayer warrior and intercede for your family and God's called you to do a certain thing and you'll see the challenges increase. I believe it's spiritual warfare. That's what's happening in our na- nation, is it not? It's cl- it's clearly spiritual warfare. If you go on my YouTube channel, I just made a YouTube video yesterday, just having fun on the Aqueduct, responding to J Lo and A Rod, saying if we could just get the right person in office, all this violence will be gone. No, no. no. No no oh lord if we could just get right this right person in office uh, we would be back to financial success we were just at financial success 6 months ago before the pandemic the pandemic i mean sorry guys it's it, it uh oh edit that out of course i'm joking keep it in there this is ridiculous This is ridiculous. And we're seeing these false narratives. We're seeing all these things that are not true. And the Christian has to be on high alert. But Paul said, but he said to me, God said to Paul, isn't this awesome? My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. I was going to highlight this, and I'll just tell you now. If you just write it down, if you want, you can text it out. You, I want you leaving here knowing this His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient, it's made perfect in your weakness. But isn't that good? He said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power. God says, My power, empowerment, right? Empowered by the Spirit, my power is made perfect in your weakness. So although I will not just take it away, although I will not just take it away, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And this is where I think the church gets in trouble sometimes, especially talking about the the LGBTQ movement or agenda or telling people, hey man, just pray, get in church. God will take that away. What about if He doesn't? No, He does often especially if it was a father figure or something, but what about what about if that challenge stays for a while? You need to be able to offer that person hope because many times they get frustrated when why isn't this leaving? Why isn't something you've been struggling with leaving? Sometimes God doesn't just pull that away, but it gets us... It, thank God sometimes for those difficulties because it gets us to turn back to Him can you imagine if life was carefree? No challenges, no difficulty. We say, okay, God, I'll see you when I die. Thank you. I got it, I can take it from here. But he uses these difficulties in our lives. Paul said, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. I will boast in my weaknesses. Isn't that interesting? It just just yes, I am not educated, people would say to some of you and some of us, I'm not educated. I'm not this, I'm weak in this area, I'm I'm I stutter. Some people have stuttering problems. I do this, I have learning disability, or whatever. I'm going to boast in my weakness because then God is even more glorified. So you boast in that what God is is, is allowing in your life, and you boasting is not prideful boasting. It's it's yes, these weaknesses are true. But God is greater. And I've found that people love transparency. So love transparency. I mean, you, you look in, at certain people on YouTube or you watch, listen to them on radio, and you think, oh man, I bet they I bet they've just rise to the top. No, they're just like you. Same problems, same issues. They just they just have a different calling, a different gifting. And that's what we talked about last night. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the broken and humble in spirit. So my point was, and all of that long point, is empowerment through the Holy Spirit, through humility. Humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. Especially, I would even direct this to men. Sometimes men think that they are to rule their house with a rod of iron. That they are the final authority. That they are this, and they are arrogant really. And they need to humble themselves and become gentle, bold, yes, but gentle and loving and serving. And then from that humility, God can really work in your marriage and in your life. And then we move into empowered, empowered by the Spirit, empowered through spiritual disciplines. Amen? Without, I might, if, I, if I remove this point, we would be in trouble because you can humble yourself on Sunday, and by Monday you're in trouble. Spiritual discipline, spiritual power, talking about the Spirit's power, is like a bank account. What's being deposited eventually can be withdrawn. It's also like spiritual power is like a generator. We almost had to do that this morning. Do you know we had no power until 8.30 this morning? Woohoo, cutting it close, Lord. But I had perfect peace. I'm driving here saying, Lord, if you want us to be live and microphone, you'll do it. If not, I'm fine with it. And there's just peace, trusting in God. But it's like a generator. What is plugged into that generator? What's being plugged into your life? What's being deposited into your life? Because all of us are simply a product of what's been going in. Correct? What's been going in our heart? What's been going in our mind? What have we been absorbing what have we been conformed to? What have we, what have we been transformed by? What have, what have we been reading? What have we been accepting? What have we been doing, how we've we been living? All of that that's being deposited is going to be how we live. What's being withdrawn from our spiritual bank accounts. So I I don't want to leave here this morning without reminding you this. The Word of God implants God's truth. To be empowered by the Spirit, you have to allow that truth to penetrate your heart. Do you know when I step up here on Sunday mornings when Pastor Abram steps up, all we're doing is preaching from the outflow of what was deposited into our heart by the truth. If we come up and just give opinions or what I think, it'll be a spiritually dead church. The, 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 the Word of God implants God's truth. All of His truth, by the way. Not just the nice, feely things that feel good. Do you know there, there's so many churches that just, I'm just going to focus on the good things. I'm just going to focus on the candy. That's why they call it candy coating. Or making things taste good. But you have to allow all of the truth, all of the truth to come into your heart And then give that out to the people. And then you have to have a spiritual discipline in your life of prayer. Prayer strengthens you, and it fortifies you. So to be empowered by the Spirit, what you're doing, sometimes I say, God, we want to pull down heaven. There's a connection that takes place with prayer. So as I'm humbling myself, as I'm broken, as I'm taking the Word in, and then I get in prayer, sometimes before Saturday night services, I'll find myself on my knees saying, God, move tonight. Bring people there who need to hear you. Lord, let me get there with the fire of the Spirit in my heart, and you pray and God begins to hear those prayers and answer those prayers and you become empowered by the Spirit. I read a lot of books and one of those books is uh, was written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, was killed by Adolf Hitler uh, and also William Tyndale, John Huss, John Wycliffe, Tyndale Bible, Wycliffe Study Bible. Uh, two of those three were, were, were burned at the stake that I just mentioned. Uh, and before people before they go to their martyrdom, when they know about it, they're spending the whole day just about in prayer. They're not watching TV. They didn't have TV back then. Seeing if you're paying attention. They were spending their whole day in prayer. Why? Being strengthened up spiritually. Empowered by the Spirit. And then of course, worship what we do before the service, after the service, what you can do at home. Worship through singing prepares the soil of your heart. I don't know why God did it, but He created music that does something to our hearts. Kids, you listen to the wrong music. It can really influence you. Adults, you listen to the wrong music as well. It can really influence you. I don't know why God did it, but he did it. the music of heaven. The, the, the angels cry out and they, they sing worship. And, and you see in the early church, they were singing the Psalms. And there's something about worship, preparing the soil and giving to God. It's in the worship, you are joy filled, filled with joy. You're expressing thanks and thanksgiving to God. And, and as that worship and, and as you're worshiping, as you're praying, and as the word strengthens you, you come out of there a mighty prayer warrior. You come out of there prayer filled up with the Spirit of God. So spiritual disciplines are so important. Are you seeing now how this empowerment works? And it's, it's ironic, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, what I'm talking about, anytime I talk about the Holy Spirit in a profound way, the Holy Spirit leading you, the Holy Spirit moving you, the Holy Spirit convicting you, God, we need the Holy Spirit this morning. Anytime you do that, it's often offensive to those who don't know much about the Spirit's work. Uh, 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 we don't want to get charismatic, Shane. We don't want to get Pentecostal. Don't talk. Don't The Holy Spirit... No, don't, don't go there. I can't. I can't go there. They, they often get offended by this doctrine. Why is that? Often because it reminds people of something they don't have. So when you go around... <laughs> The joy of the Lord is in your hearts, and you go around saying, the Spirit of the Lord is moving in my life. Do you ever say, the Spirit of God is moving in my life? I had an incredible time this week. And they say, no, mm-mm, I don't know about that. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in your life? What is that? Come on. Just stay in the Bible. Just read the Bible. That's good enough. Well, I don't know. I have this excitement. The Spirit of the Lord led me to do this. Oh, gosh. Ooh, hearing voices, oh Lord, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. the Spirit of the Lord led you, hmm, yeah. Of course they're going to make fun because the Spirit of the Lord has never led them. They're absent of spiritual strength, spiritual power, spiritual insight, and they mock what they do not have. And I truly believe that's why many churches are against the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they are, they are jealous of something they've never had or experienced. So because I've never experienced this and I've seen weird things on YouTube, I'm going to put it down. And you have a very hard time saying that those are not relevant today because Scripture teaches that they are. So you have to do a very good job of proving that they're not relevant. A lot harder job than I have proving that they are relevant. Because I just read Paul's words. I just read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. You see church history. You see the confirmation of the Spirit working. And if you say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, that's what we read in the Bible a lot. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That word, upon, I've talked about before. I won't go into detail, but it's an overflowing. It's an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I love that, that verse. I believe it was in Luke uh, chapter 4. I didn't write down the exact um, chapter here. But it said that Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if he needs to be filled... He was led by the Holy Spirit after his baptism, after the wilderness experience. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee of news spread all about around him. Isn't this interesting? You have him. 30 years you don't even hear of Jesus doing much. Nothing. Who's just Jesus' guy? Nothing. But then he receives this mighty filling of the Holy Spirit, goes into the wilderness. Now he goes from obscurity in the wilderness to notoriety. Why? Because the Spirit of God is moving And then he walks into the temple. Many people would love to visit Noah or Moses or whatever. I would love to, to, this is one of my top three or four things I would have loved to been here. When Jesus walks into church, he walks into the temple and he opens the scroll of Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has sent me to give recovery of the sight to the blind, to set liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He says, after 30 years of waiting, 30 years of waiting on God's perfect timing, now the Spirit of the living God is upon me, overwhelming me, and now I can anoint those who need to know the gospel. I can go and heal the brokenhearted. I can proclaim liberty to those who are in bondage. I can can preach to those and heal those who need to see again. Did you know that same ministry is available to every believer? That same ministry of reconciliation is available to every believer as long as they are filled with the Spirit of God. It's interesting, at the end he said, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that word acceptable, if you look it up in other places, of primarily the King James translation of the Bible, it says the year when the Lord will show His favor. The year that is favorable to the Lord. The year of the Lord's good pleasure. This is when the Messiah was coming. All of that was fulfilled. But Jesus could not do anything without this power of the Holy Spirit in His life. It's amazing. We don't quite understand it fully. God, fully man. I get a headache sometimes thinking about this, 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 uh, this fullness. The deity of Christ dwelt. The fullness of the, of the of the of the of the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in the body of Christ. It's a very interesting doctrine, but it's true. But we also see that He needed this empowerment. And that's why the prophets would say, "Not by might, don't go out there in your own strength. Not by your power, don't go out there by your power, but by my." spirit, thus saith the Lord. So Zerubbabel wanted to go out in his own might in his own power. Let's take this great army. Let's go do this for God. And God said, All we should remember this key principle, even to us today, it's not by your might or your power. It is by the spirit of the living God. Thus saith the Lord. That's how we exceed in ministry. That's how we succeed in ministry. So the great question this morning before we go to the second service, are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Are you resisting the Holy Spirit this morning? Maybe there's certain areas I've been talking about the last 30 minutes that God has been convicting you of. Certain areas you need to work on. Certain areas God wants you to give to Him. That's why I believe fasting is so important. It's very difficult, but it, it, it starves the flesh in order to hear clearly from God and get direction from God. And I talked last night about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have heard that in the Bible? And of course we know it can involve, and it does involve rejecting the conviction of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is convicting people to repent and turn their lives over to Jesus as Lord and Savior. But the context is very interesting. Jesus was healing people. God forbid. God forbid. He's healing people, healing them, the blind, the leopards, the lepers, not leopards. <laughs> it's funny. I just just a side note. People talk about churches should still be closed because of you know the the rules and the California different things. But Jesus broke the law. You weren't supposed to go touch a leopard, leper. <laughs> you weren't supposed to go do that. No, 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 that's, that's like really bad. Like, that's unclean, unclean. Don't go near them. He will go to them, touch them, and heal them. Because there is a higher law. At some point, there's a higher law. You submit when it's time to submit, but at some point you say, okay, now I have to submit to a higher law that calls us to be the church. And the church must be the church in these dire times. If not now, when? (laughs) Answer me that. If not now, when? Oh, I can keep going on. If not you, who? If not here, where? The church has to be the church. If they don't open up soon, what are you going to do when flu season gets here? Everybody's got the sniffles. Everybody's sneezing. Everybody's coughing. Are we going to go into COVID mode and fear and go live and and dwell in our homes for six months? At some point, we got to say, Lord, we want to use wisdom. We want to be considerate, but we have to be the church. But back to this point of blasphemy. He was healing people. And the Pharisee said, you are doing that by, the, by, the, by Satan's power. Can you imagine that? They're telling Jesus, you are of Satan. And of course he goes, if, uh, I cannot be of Satan because his kingdom is not divided but he said you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. The context also is you're attributing you're attributing the works of God to the works of Satan. That's why I kind of cringe sometimes when real conservative churches begin to put down churches like ours or churches where maybe the Holy Spirit is making them a little uncomfortable and they start to say, that's just demonic. That's just demonic. Be- are you sure? Are you sure? Because that's what the Pharisees did. What's the fruit? What's the fruit? Well, that's just that worship music is demonic. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. (laughs) Well, that's not an old hymn. Why are they singing it for 10 minutes? That's brainwashing. Oh, I've heard all of this. You'd be amazed. If conservative, many conservative, I'm talking conservative churches came here, that, that, that's just way too emotional. Those guys are <laughs> out there. Oh, are, are are you sure? Because you could be attributing the works of God to Satan. You rewind Dirk Bentley, why can't we re, re, rewind worship? You rewind your favorite country, your favorite secular, and you sit and you listen and you worship why, the world. Why can't we worship God? Who said a song needs to be four minutes? Yes, I'm going on a rabbit trail. Just go with me here. But we do have to be careful. I understand. There, there you can get caught up. You can sing, sing songs that aren't Christ-honoring. You know, that, that, I remember that old song. It was years ago. I said, no, we gotta. We can't do that. When it was like, um, when heaven meets earth, like a sloppy wet kiss. Mm, no, I don't think that's going to fly. He's
0: calling, wake up, child. It's your turn. You You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. I want to